Hello, and welcome back to Black Girl Squee, where the podcast where we celebrate Black Femme Genius with a <laughs> I am your co-host, Enda. I am also known as Enda's Corner on the Twitters. I am your co-host, Didi, and I go by Dust Daughter on social medias. Collectively, we are at Black Girl Squee, and you can find that, excuse me, on Twitter, Tumblr, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Uh, as we said before, I am at In This Corner, Didi is at Dust Daughter, and you can uh, add us both at Black Girl Squee, or you can email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcatcher by using our RSS feed. And of course, all of our episodes are up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.com. We do have a spoiler policy, which is we spoil shit. So if we talk about it, chances are we will spoil it. We are not sorry. And as another housekeeping note, we also squee really loud. We cuss a lot. And... We talk about dick because we are grown, so we are not sorry. No. Okay. Spoiler so, warning for um, how to get away with murder. Maybe. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Ooh, they, they, they messing with me again. Oh no. <laughs> so with that, we will go into Squeeworthy news, and it looks like we are starting with a segment within a segment. We have. Didi's Sports Minute. So, Didi, why don't you tell us what's going down in sports? Yes, and you know, because I know you're ready for it. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't wait for this. Um, everybody needs to know this. Uh, if you follow me, you already know. Uh, the Washington Mystics are WNBA champions for 2019. Um, Yay! It's about fucking time. Uh, 22 years in the franchise. We waited for this. Um, and the past few weeks, they've been stressing me the hell out. So they better have won. Uh, the Mystics defeated the Connecticut Sun in five games in the WNBA Finals uh, this past week. And they won their franchise's first championship. So... Uh, the players who haven't traveled overseas for um, p- playing for their international teams because WNBA players still need to do that to make money. Uh, and uh, so the ones that are still in the D.C. area have been sprinkling their championship magic all over other D.C. franchises who really need it. Um our MVP was at the Nationals game and gave the first pitch on Game 4, which is the game they won to seal their championship berth to the World Series. So, Mystics Magic, it works. Um, they also went to the Capitals game to drop the first puck and um, show off their shiny new trophy. And uh, they won. They won that game too. So, yeah, this stuff is potent. Um, we out here. Uh, <laughs> Mystics, Mystics magic is real. So, uh, just got a shout out to all of the black girls on the roster. So, just give me one minute to to just indulge me for one minute. Um, so shout out to Christy Tolliver. This is her second championship. Uh, shout out to Natasha Cloud, um, who also won the Don Staley Community Leadership Award this year for her work in Ward 8 with the kids at Hendley uh, Elementary School. So um, uh, shout out to Latoya Sanders, um, an undersized center who was banging with Liz Cambage and John Cole Jones. Um, this year. She is a champion. Uh, Tiana Hawkins. Shout out to her. Um, new mother. Shout out to Ariel Powers, who is the most lit mystic. 
Um, <laughs> don't ask me how I know. Uh, shout out to Shatori Walker Kimbrough, another champer, champion. Shout out to our other Ariel, Ariel Atkins. This is her second year in the league and she's a champion. Uh, shout out to Maisha Hines Allen. <laughs> shout out to Kiara Leslie, who was hurt and couldn't play. And uh, those are your those are your 2019 WNBA champion mystics, um, the Black Girls. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, so shout out you celebrate you earned it. Y'all all worked hard. Y'all all contributed to this championship. And uh, most importantly, I love y'all. So to (laughs) the Washington Mystics, that's that's my team, y'all. So I had to talk about it. I had to. Uh, We're probably going to talk about this even more on the next Consolidating the Intangibles. But until then, yes, a big squeeze to the Washington Mystics. Yes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, real quick. Um, Allison Felix breaks a um, breaks Usain Bolt's gold medal record ten months after giving birth. Uh, Felix won gold at the track and field part of the World Championships in Qatar uh, in a four by four hundred meter relay. This was her twelfth gold, which breaks the tie she held with Usain Bolt. Uh, Felix gave birth to her daughter uh, last November and suffered from severe preeclampsia, which can cause fatal complications. Um, She ended up airing out her former sponsor, Nike, in a New York Times op-ed for paying her, trying to pay her 70% less after her pregnancy. And... um, Nike ended up changing their policy so that pregnant athletes aren't adversely affected financially after pregnancy, at least for um, the first 18 months after pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. So, because they weren't just doing it to to Allison Felix, they were doing it to a couple of other um, Mm -hmm. Nike athletes as well. So, that's not cool. Yeah. Um. Allison said, I am just getting used to what the new normal looks like and getting my routine down and all of that. But I couldn't be happier to do that and to have the support to be able to come home from a long day of training and to see my daughter and her smiling face. It really is the best thing in the world. So to Allison Felix, uh, we give a big All right, uh, one more sports story. Well, okay, two more sports stories. Um, Simone Biles <laughs> breaks a record for number of world medals won in gymnastics. Um, she she won her 24th and 25th gold medals <laughs> at the world championships this year. And uh, in uh, balance beam and floor exercise. Um She's at a point in her career where many gymnasts' athleticism tends to wane, and yet she's elevated her performances in her, she's elevated her skills and her artistry. She has two moves that she, where she's the only one that has successfully performed them in competition, and they bear her name. So just deal with it. She's the best gymnast ever. Deal with it. She's black. Mm. <laughs> um, yes. Also, um, Coco Gauff won her first tournament in Austria. And that makes her the youngest tennis player in 15 years to win a title. And Kenyan athlete Bridget Koske broke the women's marathon record when she won the the Chicago Marathon for her second year in a row. She ran 26.2 miles in two hours, 14 minutes, and four seconds. And she <laughs> says she can do it even faster. So Lord help us all. 
time, bitch, and I like you. <laughs> she said, shit, that ain't nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, pra- I'm paraphrasing. Um, so, to yeah. Simone Biles and Coco Goff and Bridget Koske, we give a big Yeah, just adding one more thing to that. I think Clarissa Shields just won another title too. So, yeah. Clarissa has been excellent in boxing since she was a teenager too. She's like maybe 22, 20, 21, 22. So, yeah. Black girls and these athletes out here doing the damn thing. All right, so. Thank you for that sports minute, keeping us up all this black female excellence in our sports world. It's nice to nice to hear. Okay, so um, with that, now we move on to some Hollywood news. Um, and I'm actually really excited about a lot of this. So first up, DeWanda Wise is cast in the lead role in Jurassic World 3. Um, right now, there's not much known about her role, so because I don't know if the thing has been written yet, or you know, there's still what type of pre-production they're in right now. But she is the lead. She's in the cast. That's going to include Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, uh, who were all in the original Jurassic um, Park movies, not the reboot, and also Bryce Dallas Howard and some others. So um, I actually might. Go watch a Jurassic World movie now. <laughs> um, you may know DeWanda Wise from Underground and, of course, the lead in She's Gotta Have It. And she was actually also at first cast as Monica Rambeau but had to turn it down due to her, her schedule. Maria. So She was cast as Maria. Yeah. Ma- Maria. Mm-hmm. Okay, Monica is Captain Marvel, right? One of them, yeah. Maria's the mom. Yeah, Monica, yeah. Yeah, Monica's Captain Marvel. Okay, so. I mean, I wish she was Monica. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe there's still hope. Maybe, Maybe there's time. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm, yeah, unconsciously trying to speak that into existence. But to DeWanda for getting the lead in a major franchise uh, role, we give a big Because I'm actually really, really, really excited about this one. I mean, look at this cast. Yeah, star-studded. Heather Headley, Heather Headley, yeah, and Jennifer Hudson to star in the Aretha Franklin biopic. It's on, uh, um, yeah. The film is supposed to be called Respect, and it's going to be directed by Liesl Tommy. If you remember her, she directed the um, stage play Eclipse. That's um, Denai Guerrero and Lupita Nyong'o, right? Yeah. Because I'm thinking that was Denai Guerrero wrote it, Lapita starred. And Liesl uh, directed it. Yeah. She's known for doing stage plays. Yeah. And it has. Yeah. And it has a release date of August 14th, 2020. Audrey McDonald is set to play Franklin's mother. And Jennifer Hudson is set to play Aretha Franklin. Thank you. Heather Headley is set to play gospel great Clara Ward. Haley Kilgore is set to play Carol Franklin. If you know Carol Franklin, is her sister who co-wrote a lot of Aretha's songs like Angel and Ain't No Way. And Mary J. Blige is set to play Donna Washington. And this is actually, I mean, I can see it, but this, this one caught me off guard. Titus Burgess is set to play Reverend James Cleveland. And, um, Forrest Whitaker is set to play Aretha Franklin's father, C.L., um, Reverend C.L. Franklin. So, I mean, after that woman who will not be named got cast in another Aretha film, or actually it's just like a segment on a show for like National Geographic or something, but still, that was that was off. This casting is amazing. I mean, Jennifer Hudson definitely, you know, has the range to do Aretha to do Aretha justice. And so, also Heather Headley, Audrey McDonald, they are Broadway legends. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, this was 
this was this was some good casting right here. And Titus Burgess. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That man, he's so versatile. Yep. So and yeah, of course I just love Forrest Whitaker too. So Yeah. I'm happy about this is some casting news I am very happy about and but gotta wait almost a year. <laughs> See how this how this plays out. I hope I hope it turns out well. I really do. I mean, it's Aretha Franklin and this cast deserves the best. So to this incredible cast, to this new Aretha Franklin biopic, we give a big Joel Gomez, uh, The Gilded Stories, has been optioned for TV. I know it's been in development for some time, but I think they're finally getting it going. Finally. Some, I got to read it, I think, last year. And, yeah, this is definitely, definitely due for an adaptation. So the studio, 13 Gen, has acquired the rights to The Gilded Stories. And in case you don't know, it's a novel. It follows a woman who's a, she becomes a sex worker and she's later turned into a vampire. And um, Cheryl Dunye, who's known for her her cult um, film, her first film, The Watermelon Woman, is going to serve as the showrunner. So, uh, knowing that work, I'm actually excited to see what she's going to do with this because I think it'll remain faithful to the to the book, which I really, really hope because it was a really good book. So. To Joel Gomez, to Cheryl Dunye, and I can't wait to see who's cast as Gilda. We give a big Yeah, I think somebody might have sent it to you for your birthday. Hmm. I wonder who that was. Anyway. Okay, moving on. We have some literary news. So, do you want to start us off with that? Sure. Uh, Bernadine Evaristo is the first black woman to win the <coughs> Booker, Pla- Booker Prize, uh, which is a British literary award. Uh, she won for her novel Girl, Woman, Other. Uh she uh, shares the award, however, with Margaret At- Margaret Atwood, who just released a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale called The Testaments. And uh, you don't have to look far on the internet to find <laughs> all the reasons why that was very insulting to Evaristo. And, um, yeah, yeah, I will, and if you haven't found it, I will happily link you, because, uh, yeah, (laughs) that that was some shit, but, um, that's not on Evaristo, that's on, on the judges of the Booker Prize, for pulling that stuff, that's, is against their own rules, but anyway, uh, we're here to celebrate Evaristo, uh, who has published, yes, previously published seven other novels in her 20 plus year career so to Bernadine Evaristo we give a big squeeze and also I hope you've learned this woman's name by now because she has had an absolutely breakthrough year. But Nicole Hannah-Jones has won the 2019 Front Page Awards Journalist of the Year. And this is an award for newswomen working in the New York metropolitan area. And this year's theme was Speaking Truth to Power, Restoring the Narrative. And if her name sounds familiar, that's because she won for her work for the 1619 Project, which was just such a huge deal. And they were trying to get copies of it to everybody, you know, everywhere. They were even, you know, trying to let people get it for free, like physical copies for free, and made it um, available as a PDF download, you know, in case you, you know, couldn't get that. But 
Um, if you haven't read it yet, or you know, you still reading it in pieces because it is two hundred work. I'm um, two hundred pages long. Sorry. And uh, there, there was also a podcast for like about five or six episodes, you know, dealing with some issues there, and it was actually really well done. So if you, you know, you can listen to that too and kind of get the gist. But you definitely want to read the entire work. So to Nicole Hannah Jones, we give a big. Okay. All right. And so now we will go briefly to Enda's Corner. And a couple of things that have been happening. And I said a lot of stuff was coming out in October. I was not wrong. Um, In case you missed it, I hope you didn't. And I'm kind of shame on NPR for not really advertising it wildly before starting to promote that other girl for her concert. Girl, don't Brandy get Howard mm. had a tiny desk punk. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> Brittany Howard did a tiny desk concert and it was awesome. It was great. I mean, I loved her and her entire band showed up in red and black and she performed songs off of her, um, her new album, Jamie. If you haven't listened to that for some reason, go get your life. After this podcast, of course, mm-hmm. because you need to be listening to that album. Oh my god, it's and so good! Have you heard it? Ahead. Have you finally listened to it? Yeah. Okay, we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, she she actually tells the story behind Georgia on the Tidy Desk concert, and I'm like, oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, she did um, Stay High and Georgia and Goathead. Yes. I, she, I was like, oh, shit. She went there and Goathead, she did Goathead. Goathead yep. Woo. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, of course, uh, earlier this month, Imani Coppola released The Protagonist. It's a short but sweet album. And I also think, because I thought it was dated last year, but... She also has kind of like a greatest hits collection called Unsung that was released this year as well. So you want to go through her entire career or kind of get, you know, these points from her career. You can pick that up, but you also want to pick up the protagonist because she's, she does, I I like what she does on this album because, you know, it's just kind of like moves through genres and like however, just willy nilly, but it just kind of works. I don't know how she makes that work, but she does. Um, also, last week, Lil' Kim released her first album in like 16 years, I think. And it's called Nine. I thought so, you'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Kim Kim is back, you know, showing, you know, she still got it. And she's a lot of these ranch rappers that are out now. <laughs> She she opened that door, and she deserves her props. Um, also, a lot of noise has been made about Summer Walker's new album called Over It, and you um, seem to have a oh yeah that was for you. Um, okay. I just wanted I just wanted to shout her out. Um, there's <laughs> this really short song acoustic um, on her album. It's called Fun Girl. It's it's about all the the bullshit pressures and bullshit that that's said to black women in the dating world so Ooh. it's it's like Ooh. a minute and change it's acoustic but i'm like i was floored by this song um i was like okay <laughs> homegirl can write she can she can write her ass off and uh yeah i re- i really enjoyed yeah. that one that not i think also she has a tiny death concert yeah, I think she also has a Tiny Desk concert too, but um, seeing, it's, it's the thing, people are talking about it, and now, you know, black women, even the ones who don't listen to her, are coming to her defense because she's just being, people are being mean for no good reason. Hmm. Like, let the girl live. Well, it, I think what it is, it's like, they're like, okay, you can tell that, you know, these singers, they ain't coming up in the church no more, and it shows. I'm like, but why did they have to come up in the church in the first place? And second of all, whose fault is it that no, that no, nobody coming out of the church to, you know, coming out anyway? But that's a whole new different thing. So, you know, 
Lemoyne, leave the girl alone. Please, let her live. Let her do her thing. Let her sing the way she wants. There's. Let her sing what she wants. There's room for everybody. My God, calm down. Anyway. Yes, exactly. <sighs> exactly. Okay, speaking of room for everybody, <laughs> Young and May, I think this is her, because I don't think she's had an album or even an EP before this, but I think she might have had an EP. But anyway, her story or her story, one word, in the making. Yeah, so she's always kind of giving giving me like '90s vibes with her, um, with her work. So it's kind of like it feels kind of throwback to me, and I, you know. So it's like you, it takes me kind of, kind of takes me back to like high school when I listen to her stuff. So <laughs> yeah. And um, one of my favorite albums coming up this year. Well, just came out yesterday. Vagabond released another album, and it's um, self-titled called Vagabond. And her work keeps evolving. I love this album. I mean, I was digging her stuff before because you know, Embers was a really great song for me, like 2016, 2017, and I went and checked out all her stuff based on that. And she did the damn thing on this album. I mean, you have to listen to um, Every Woman. That track is so good. I mean, it's such a good track. That one, and there's um, another one I'm trying to see if Bandcamp will um, <laughs> will uh, come up for me right quick. Come on, come on. That was that's a very beautiful track. And yeah, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Every woman, and actually the opening track, Full Moon and Gemini. Oh my god, I love this album. So if you like, you know, your you know, your kind of acoustic, just kind of soft mellow stuff that you can you can kind of relax to. This is this is the album you want, Vagabond. And I hope this is the one that just kind of really kind of really pushes her to the forefront cuz she's been building it there for a while and so she deserves to break through. And speaking of exquisite uh, albums, I think it's more of an EP, though. Alice Smith released Mystery a couple of weeks ago. And what can I say? It is Alice Smith. She <laughs> does not disappoint. No. And, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that woman, I just love, I mean, because you kind of expect her to be more, like, kind of like, in like um, adult contemporary jazz or something like that, like with her voice, but she just goes over like so many genres, just incorporates all of that, and she just knocks it the fuck out every time. I mean, that woman is amazing. I mean, I love her so. Yeah, so I love this album <laughs> too. So, and it's mystery. Go find it on SoundCloud. Listen to it, please. And um. Another, I'm kind of glad to see that she's um, put together another album because she's just been releasing so many singles this year, Zanisha. And she has announced her album coming up, Touch the Sky, and that's due out on November 8th. So I'm really, really want to see how all these singles are going to come together or which one's actually going to be on the album. Because sometimes you'll see people, they'll release their singles, but then they won't be on their albums. So mm-hmm. we'll see what she's got coming up and what she's been cooked up with. She's somebody else I've really just gotten to know over the years and just really enjoy her work. So that was In This Corner. And a lot of this music you will hear me playing on the Black Swan Collective. And I also do have an audio essay series, though I think I'm going to put that on hiatus for a while in a couple of months, but we'll see. But um, either way, both of those are available on mixcloud.com slash in the learn. So. That's Mixed in this corner. Mixcloud.com slash Indalorin, I N D A L A U R Y N. (laughs) All right. So, with that, let's talk about something really happy. We are talking about this week in that print. And we have, Dee, you have two, two entries here. It's double our pleasure. So, would you tell us tell us about who we who we checking out this time? All right. Well, two of them 
are inspired by um, How to Get Away with Murder. Because they've both been, they both <laughs> appeared on that show. So, you, so I guess you can tell us why the show is stressing you out lately. But um, uh, first one appeared, uh, just had their first appearance on the show, uh, I think this past week. His name is Kaz Anvar. Um, I know him best as Alex Kamal on The Expanse. Season 4 airs December 14th, Amazon Prime. Uh, don't forget. Um, <laughs> he's also been on The Strain. Um, and, and like I said, he just um, made a guest appearance on How to Get Away with Murder. And he was really excited about that. He was all on Twitter talking about, I'm, I'm in scenes with Viola Davis. <laughs> I'm about to say, please tell me this is the hottie that was after that was just totally after Annalise. I don't, uh, I haven't seen the episode yet, but um, I, I oh, shit, I've just seen pictures. If he's who I'm thinking he is, oh, oh, girl, he wasn't even trying to hide it. Okay, all right, I need to see this episode just for that. <laughs> yes, you do, because yes, um, do. he doesn't get to do that much on, on the expanse. <laughs> um, uh, he is a Canadian actor of Iranian heritage and um, he's just been really excited to play Alex Kamal the last uh, three or four years on The Expanse so he was um, a big big cheerleader um, and a big uh, part of helping it find a new home so shout out to him and he's cute and he has a nice beard so Yes. Um, great beards of our time. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, another person from How to Get Away with Murder uh, is actor slash singer slash model Rome Flynn. Um, this person was actually actually um, shout out to Katrina Jackson who was posting. Uh, videos and pictures of him all on on the timeline and added black girl squee <laughs> so <laughs> so I guess she I guess that was her um, polite way of saying that he needs to be on this segment so um, you know my print senses activated and um, I did a little research <laughs> I hopped on the Googles so uh, Rome plays Gabriel on How to Get Away with Murder, and um, you know, Inda can tell tell us more about that because I, uh, I'm behind on the show. But uh, oh. he is from Springfield, Illinois. He is Afro-Cuban and Irish in heritage. And uh, Inda, if you want to talk about why the show is stressing you out. This is a safe space, and also we've already given our spoiler warning, so have at it. Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, the actually everybody knows the spoiler by now because it was the first episode of the season. We Actually, we all predicted this pretty much from the beginning of the show that the last season, the murder to solve was going to be Annalise's death. Damn it! And so... Oh, you didn't know that? No, I mean, I no, I guessed now? it. I mean, we talked about it. Yeah. We talked about it yeah. on this show that we were yeah. hoping it wouldn't be her, but damn it. Okay. No, yeah. We knew last season she it was going to be, she was going to be the one who's dead. So, yeah. But, I mean, of course, she's in all the episodes now. and They they haven't been doing as much, many flashbacks yet. But, um, yeah. So, right now, you know, Michaela is like the number one suspect for that because of a lot of reasons mostly to do with you know her dad and stuff her her biological dad who in this episode this last episode she did find and but we have to see how that dynamic between them is going to work out because Michaela has just she's floundering you know like she's just doing everything wrong and like she is just kind of as far as how everybody's personalities have changed since the beginning of the show, she's kind of been the one mostly on the downward spiral. And so that's that's kind of interesting to watch play out. But um, anyway, yeah. And like the good news of the show, 
Um, this is actually the part I like. It's not stressing me out. Lauren Castillo has not been in one episode because she's missing her and the baby, but it's starting to look more and more like she has she orchestrated her own um, abduction. But I wouldn't put it past because I do not like Laura. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you're not there and I don't have to look at you. I'm good with that, but I would like to see everybody else having to pay for you being gone and probably went to the FBI, but girl, ugh. Okay, so anyway, but what's stressing me out is that they had Connor in the interrogation room last time. And they didn't show who they showed him, who they showed him, um, I'm thinking dead. But Connor, he, he started hysterical laughing. Then he clutched his chest and started hyperventilating and he hit the floor. So I don't know if it was just a panic attack. I don't know if he had a full out heart attack. But I'm just sitting here looking at that. And I'm I'm really scared because I'm like, I think either they showed him a picture of Ollie or a picture of Nate. Because because I know somebody else has to be dead, but for him to react like that, I actually maybe it would have been maybe it could have been Laurel. Lord have mercy. I don't know, but they haven't showed who yeah, they haven't showed who else is dead yet, but they're trying to turn um um not Frank, but um they're trying to turn Nate. The, the FBI is trying to turn him into an informant. So, yeah. They almost had Gabriel's mom as an informant, but she found out that Gabriel really did kill her ex-boyfriend. And Annalise has that on him. Because, of course, Michaela found out and she went and ran her mouth. So, yeah, it's all a big mess. And, you know, Ollie is just really scared and just don't know what to do with himself. He's, like, getting high off, you know, marijuana cookies at, like, 8 in the morning. And he stopped coming into work. And then when they had this case that they did this week... He um, started looking for somebody so they could have, for a third so they could have a threesome. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Doing too much. Okay. And I'm... Oh, girl, they found somebody. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> Ollie's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you see him and, him and Connor? I mean, like, if I was, you know... If I was a dude and like, okay, we're a couple, you know, we're looking for a third, you know, just wasn't fun. I'm like, okay, cool. I could, I could see that. But yeah, it's, this is why I'm just really, really hoping it's not Ollie because I'm like, they know damn well they can't let anything happen to Ollie because even if the show is canceled and anything, a hair on his head gets harmed, we will still go ride in the streets because Ollie is the one good thing on that show. So we can't, we can't let anything happen to Ollie. But uh, yeah, I, you have to see this this week's episode because um, what's his name? Cass Cass Anvar. I'm like, I, yeah, I think this is the dude. He was he was going hard after Annalise. Like, you know, she was um was there because he was on a client. You know, this lady she created an algorithm for a dating site, but a dude um. He was, he's a um, disabled, he's in a wheelchair. He's claimed that the algorithm was um, discriminatory. And I won't go into the details, but there are some other issues that's going on there. It turns out he's an incel as well. So, but um, she's, you know, talking to, you know, the client, he's one of the clients and she was um, saying, well, you know, just because, you know, you're good looking and this and this and this and all that. And he's like, you think I'm good looking, <laughs> you know? And so it, no, it's it's really interesting because I mean, I, um, this this um, whole thing kind of got to me because Annalise is, um, you know, she's when she's talking to the guy later, like, you think I don't know what it's like to be, you know, rejected? You think I don't know what it's like to be, you know, to not think people want me? Says, I am a dark-skinned black woman. Rejection is my life. Damn. And so she doesn't. Yeah. And so this is why when um, the other guy is hitting on her, she doesn't think he's serious about it. And she, you know, thinks he's playing around with her. But then she's like, okay, are you, you know, are you messing with me? Are you hitting on me? When I was like, okay, he's like, whatever's going to, uh, you know, convince you to come out to dinner with me, you know, that's what, then that's what I'm doing. 
It's always like, you know, you want to get drinks? I don't drink. You want to go do this? I don't do that. And she's about to get on the elevator and leave. But then she stops the elevator and like, I like ice cream. Mm-hmm. And they go out for ice cream. <laughs> so, yeah. No, you have to see this episode because, I mean, there's also, because um, Gabriel's mom left um, him with um, the tapes from Sam's and Annalise's therapy sessions. And so, you know, there's this also this whole thing, you know, she's talking about, you know, her relationship with Eve and, you know, and her relationship with um, something else because, but you can kind of, this is her and Sam talking. Fortunately, we don't see his face because we all know how he turned out. But yeah, all of that's going on. And so just, you know, that they're tackling this, that she's, you know, that age and she still has those insecurities because of, you know, how she knows she's seen as the world and all of that. And she gives, you know, tells this dude, like, people don't see me as attractive. They see me as ugly. They see me as, you know, hard like this. And so you are not special when thinking that people don't want you, you know? So, yeah, you definitely have to see that episode for that. And um, also stressing me out, just one more spoiler. Tegan's married. She and her wife have been trying to get divorced, but Tegan is the one who's holding out. Aww. And so, yeah, that's kind of stressing me out too because I did kind of want Annalise and Tegan to get together because I'm like, feel like they would be good for each other, but a lot of stuff's coming out about Tegan now, so. Yeah. You must catch up on this. Wow. <laughs> Don't fuck with in the ships. <laughs> no. <laughs> just wanted my power couple and they were perfect um, but I'll, I'll accept I'll accept this too because like I said he's yeah and he's actually really he's actually really digging her but you know he has to convince her that he is but when you hear you know what she's talking about in therapy and you know when she's telling the dude off you know you understand why she would think that he's not really attracted to her and she's kind of trying to protect herself that this guy's probably trying to play me for whatever reason. But yeah, that just kind of, that kind of hit, hit home a bit. Oh, all right. Yes. Such a good show. Such a good show. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> off that tangent and yeah, not, and, um, some not so pleasant um, things we got to get off our chest. So of course we are going to catch the fade. And Didi, you want to tell us who gets our first fade? Uh, okay, this is gonna be really quick because she don't really deserve none of our time and mm-hmm. energy. But um, mm-hmm. Carmen Clan Diego is back at it. <laughs> So shout out to Bossip for this yes. this new nickname. So now I never have to use her government. And yes. um cuz this chick is exhausting. She's doing this it's like every time she wants attention, she does something anti-black. Yes. Um because mm-hmm. Because nobody pays attention to her. Um, if she's not stoking black outrage, I guess. So, Because that's all she ever seems to do. To get attention. It's like... Go go make another movie. Go make a TV show or something like that. And stop trying to get black po- people mad at you on the internet. Like, leave us alone. So, like, get some business and tend to it and mind it. We got enough on our plate. I'm, I'm not, I'm not studying you no more, girl. I'm, go away. And oh, to the black people trying to co-sign her, please have a seat somewhere. 
Okay. Mara, please. Black dudes, I mean, maybe she'll fuck you. I don't know. But I don't I don't I don't care. Yeah, I don't get what Amara Santos is doing. Oh. Mm. Oh, girl. I'm just like, girl. Girl, why? Why? And somebody No, and somebody asked asked the question, did she invite you to the Latinas in Hollywood lunch? Obviously not. I mean, she's not going to now either. <laughs> so, may as well save your energy. You'll get called to um, Alfred Woodard's party before you get called to any of yes. Carmen Clandiego's get-togethers. <laughs> yes. Okay. I would much rather be at Alfred Woodard's party. Yeah, that, that shit looks lit. Even Rosario is over there. Yes. The <laughs> They're not even trying to call. <laughs> yes. Carmen, a- Carmen Clandiego ain't even trying to call Rosario. Um, okay. Because Rosario's over there kicking at, at the sister soiree without freaking them. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, get with the winning team, Amara. Come on. I love you. Yes. I want I want yes. you to flourish. Uh, but cosign, cosign and this girl is not the way. Yeah. Like you, you way too fine to be on some goofy shit. Mm-hmm. Like she, she she way too fine to be on some goofy shit. Yep. Like don't be goofy. Mm. I want to love you. I do. <laughs> ah, please just let me yeah. love you and stop doing stuff that lets me down. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I probably should have put that after this one, but God dang it. What's up with the fucking Dallas-Fort Worth police? Y'all, like, y'all just put a police officer in jail for only 10 years for killing a black person in their house. Then you go and do it again. Uh, I'm talking about the story of a Tatiana Johnson. Jefferson. A Tatiana Jefferson. Sorry. Say her name. Say her name right. Um, yes. Her neighbor called the non-emergency police number. Yes. So they would do a wellness check because the door, the front door was left open and the neighbor didn't, wasn't sure uh, if everything was okay. He called for a wellness check. And... Still, we aren't safe because the police officer parked farther away from the premise than necessary, kind of crept up into the house, and without uh, identifying themselves, they fatally shot Jefferson in front of her eight-year-old nephew. Tatiana Jefferson was only 28 years old when she died. Botham Jean would have been 28 this year if he hadn't been shot in his own home last year by uh, uh, Dallas police. So her father, Marquise Jefferson, said, unlike Botham Jean, I don't want no hug. That's my one and only daughter. I'll never forget that. Mm. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, we didn't talk about the shit show that happened in the courtroom when uh, Amber Geiger was sentenced. (sighs) And, uh... Kind of don't want to get into it now. A lot of people have talked about it on uh, Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna police people's reactions or choice to forgive or not forgive. Um, I will say the judge didn't have to hug nobody. Yeah, on either yeah. you didn't have to hug anybody on either side. 
And it's kind of unprofessional that you did on either side. Um, yeah, what was up, what was up with just 10 years of sentence? Whatever. Anyway, um, but, uh, this is, this is ridiculous. This is fucking ridiculous. Um, something is rotten in this police department. Something is rotten in every police department, but especially this one. Uh, mm. and Botham Jean's mother said that, that there's still a lot of work to be done in this, in, in that, in that department before she left to go home um and she was she was right also to whoever set up a donation page in a Tatiana's name it was not it was not her family that did it so y'all can catch the fade too that is despicable Y'all are some <laughs> digital grave robbers trying to make money off of somebody else's pain. That's that's disgusting. Okay. Um Uh I don't know, you're on Twitter more than me. Uh do you wanna talk more talk a bit about emo black thought or Okay, so I'm actually still, because it took me a, I'm still not even sure if I, you know, have it right, because, you know, there could still be some lying going on here. Yeah. But it came to light, I think, last week, that a person, Emo Black Thought, who was um, presenting um, himself as a black woman on Twitter, and like doing stuff like giving advice about, you know, periods and stuff like that, harmful advice, actually, turns out this is a bisexual black man named Isaiah Hicklin. And from what they're saying, emo black thought used to be mad black thought. Yeah. But what the, there was a woman, <clears throat> there was originally a black woman behind that account. There may but have for been. for some reason, apparently, yeah. That's the, that's that's why I'm saying there could still be some lies going on here, but the way that they're giving the story is that this black woman sold well not even sold just gave the account over to Isaiah, and it was still kind of presenting as the same account, and so, and it turns out that this guy was like in these spaces for black women. And there were like in spaces like these were, you know, uh, some of these um, spaces, were, you know, black women would exchange nudes and stuff like that. So he had access to all this stuff. And to add insult to injury, he revealed this all on National Coming Out Day. Like, um, you know, because trying to trying to tamp down criticism of, you know, this whole scam by, well, I'm bisexual and, you know. This is, you know, so this should be the story or whatnot. But this whole deception, this whole misrepresentation of stuff, intentionally misrepresenting yourself, and to do, to prey on, like, the most vulnerable of people and try to present yourself as one of them, this whole, I mean, it's just... It's, it's egregious and then have the nerve to be like, I hope you can forgive me and still listen to me, you know, when I do such and such. And, like, and that's, you know, what, you know, what people are saying. He didn't come out, you know, and tell um, people this because, you know, he felt it was the right thing to do. He's branding himself. And so that was the whole, that was the whole motivation behind it. He's trying to, you know, create this brand and he's trying to, you know, build, you know, something. And that was, you know, the, the entire impetus you know, of making the big reveal. And so, I mean, I actually never followed them on Twitter. They would come up, you know, on my feed every once in a while, you know, I see, you know, this, this, or that. Maybe I would like some stuff. I don't know if I ever retweeted sometimes. I, I might have sometimes, but I mean, 
that was I think actually when Mad Black Thought became Emo Black Thought I stopped because I'm like I don't know if this is the same person I don't know who this is and so that it wasn't that big of a deal to me but if you were somebody who trusted that this was a black woman and that you know this was somebody you know being you know real that's a horrible breach of trust right there because they also used to crowdfund and encourage you know yes. retweet other people who were crowdfunding yes uh yes. so yeah they probably picked and up a lot of dollars trans women as well yes But I think actually also he was um he was giving money yeah to people but this was through his own account his main account his you know the one with his name on it so it's like really a really confusing really confusing levels to this but it's like you know the trust is gone the the trust is just gone it's like if everybody has decided they're not going to fuck with you no more because you did this horrible thing, you just got to live with that. Yeah, I don't have to so, forgive shit. Yeah. And um, we got to we gotta talk about yeah. how everybody seems to profit off of being a black woman except black women. Yeah, it's interesting because it always turns out like when something like this happened, it always turns out that this person somehow got into, got, um, what's the word I want to look for? I, I want, they somehow got, um, access and, you know, clout with black women. And it always turns out they've been pilfering from them in some way or another. And it's, it's always interesting to me because somehow, I don't know what it is, but it's like somehow you like all this shit that comes from black women, but you do not like it when it comes from us. You like it filtered somehow. And it's like, it's interesting that <laughs> this person could actually impersonate, you know, being a black woman, but still this is what you latched onto and it turns out this isn't a black woman. It, I don't know how that happens or the psychology behind that but that always fascinates me you like our shit you just don't like it coming from us I, I find it's like it you can tell when it's actually not coming from us I find it infuriating yeah it's, yeah it, it doesn't is. make sense no and it's always like, you can do more good by being yourself if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, you know, be here for black women and, you know, not, you know, not like take away from us. You could do much more good using whatever privileges you had if you really, really wanted to be down like that. Really? Oh yeah, but I put it this way: I ever see anything of you coming across my way again, I ain't fucking with you. So, I mean, you hurt too many people. A lot of them I care about, and a lot of them I, I care about by proxy because I know there were black women. I know some were black trans women, and I know some were black disabled women. You know, so yeah, you don't you don't get a pass here. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't care that you are a black man. How many years did they do this? Just hiding. It was a few. And 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 it was a few. Yeah. And capitalizing. Excuse <coughs> me. Off of our labor, yeah. our creativity, our humor. Wow. Okay. Wow. Everybody wants to be a black woman, but nobody really wants to be a black woman. Nope. Nope. Hmm. So yeah, Isaiah, you can catch the fade. 
Yeah, yeah. And you can't have everything that you think makes us great without taking all the bullshit that comes with it, too. Okay, so. Got that out of our system. And so now, gonna move on to Woman in Vocab. And I kind of want to quote directly somebody here, but then I want to try to put it in my own words because I'm trying to put it into simpler terms like if I'm getting my own understanding of this correctly so but women's vocab term today is spiritual bypassing and I'm quoting this first part here from someone named Robert Augustus Masters and this is what he says spiritual bypassing is a very persistent shadow of spirituality manifesting in many ways often without being acknowledged as such Aspects of spiritual bypassing included, include exaggerated detachment, emotional numbing and repression, overemphasis on the positive, angerphobia, blind or overly tolerant compassion, weak or too porous boundaries, lopsided development, cognitive intelligence often far ahead of emotional and moral intelligence, debilitating judgment about one's negativity or shadow elements, devaluation of the personal relative to the spiritual, and delusions of having arrived at a higher level of being. And so what I'm trying to, uh, what I think, you know, what an easier way to say that. In other words, positive vibes only and never confronting the negative, whether emotions or outside influences, that's a form of spiritual bypassing. Overlooking the negative and so-called having the ability to see the good in everyone or everything is also a form of spiritual bypassing and at worst, that's gaslighting those who acknowledge harm done to them. And I also say that spiritual bypassing often affects marginalized peoples in various ways and is connected to the fetishization of forgiveness of grievances against us. And so one, a really good example of that, I mean, I know we just talked about um, the whole situation with um, Botham John's killer and that, because I think that, that that can also be part of it. But a really good concrete example would be our former neo-soul hero, Erica Badu, when she's like on this um, level saying, okay, I know Hitler was a monster, he did all these things, but I can also say that he was a good artist. The fuck? Um... um Okay, yeah. So that is the word today: spiritual bypassing. Yeah, and the thing is, when people do it on online or on a podcast or whatever like that, they they make you feel like you can't interrogate it at all, like it's used as a shield. Yeah to um, prevent further discussion or analysis um, and it, yeah it is I can I, I can understand the gaslighting bit of it it's kind of um, kind of gross yeah so um, yeah it's also like that's why I really hate also that we have to look at both sides things because I'm like that usually very much comes from I want to say mostly, you know, white people, but it's also people who don't actually have the marginalization that's being attacked. Right. And so, you know, like, well, if we can look at both sides of this issue, like, okay, look, one side of this issue probably more than likely wants me dead. Mm-hmm. I don't have to look at the other side. No. You know? And also with, you know, the the, the, the white gaze, you know, hero Ellen mm-hmm. chilling with that former man i won't say you know, and get into that war, war crime that whole committer in chief yeah 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 and like well she's a nice person i'm like she can afford to be a nice person she's fucking wealthy she's worth like 500 million dollars so she can ignore all of that atrocious stuff and her being nice and trying to you know be in the same room with everybody does not yeah that does not put it, make her a better person 
In that you're sitting next to a See? guy that literally wouldn't want you to marry your wife. Or Thank you. Or have the Thank rights you. that you have. Or the protections that you have under the law. Yeah. But you have to be nice to people who don't agree with you. Um, I don't have to be nice to people or forgive people who don't respect my or even acknowledge my humanity. Fuck out of here. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know I try to be kind. I try to be, you know, as good a person to... I try to be as good a person to people I know who can't do anything for me as I would hope somebody would be for me. But it's like still, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and act like, you know, this person who blatantly does harm, who does active harm, whether they know they do or not, doesn't mean I have to sit here and try to like, okay, find common ground or some shit like that. No. No. The, and... And then get mad about cancel culture like that's a real thing. Hell, the people who should be canceled don't actually get canceled. Well, okay. All right, so spiritual bypassing. Keep that in mind. You know, if I want to, I might want to explore that a little bit more at some point somehow. But yeah, that's our word, spiritual bypassing. And so with that, that brings us to the end of our show. You can find Black Girl Squee on Twitter, Tumblr, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. I am Inda at Inda's Corner, and we also have Didi at Dust Daughter, and collectively at Black Girl Squee. And you can also email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Of course, the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and your favorite podcaster by using our RSS feed. And of course, all our episodes are up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.com. So until next time, bye. Bye. bye.